is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast, powered by our friends over at X2 Power Batteries. And as always, I'm your host, Bailey Agbrett, and joined with me is the captain, Mr. Andy Full. Just planning my life away for like the next forever. So what's up with you? I know. I feel like all dates today, you've just been asking me for dates. And not that I'm like a great... Not that you're asking me out on a date. That sounded horribly wrong. I mean, we, we should dates. go get some beer soon. So do you want to have a beer date when you get back from Florida? I guess I'll ask that on air. But uh, <laughs> we have yet to do that. And you live seven minutes away from me. Yeah, we are due for uh, a nice brew at Resurgence. When I yes, get back agreed. Yeah, so. it could be fun. But no, we're, uh, we have a lot of stuff coming up this year. I mean, you're talking about it today. Good grief. Like, we were talking about it offline with Wes. I mean, Wes is getting married. I'm getting married this year. Like, it's a... Uh, Everyone's getting married, like it just never ends. Everybody's getting married, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> some people are like me are staying engaged for three years on end. Like, yeah, I'm coming up on that deal. I might have to propose again. Like, what is it? Like five years or something? You have to propose again. <laughs> is that like yeah. a thing? No, I think though in New York, like if you've been living together for like five years, technically, like you're married and you can like file benefits and stuff, all like that. So I would look into that. You could like have a. Oh, I can, dude. I can make that work because she lived with me in college. Yeah, so like a civil five years. Yeah, like a civil married ship. I forgot what it's actually called in New York, but yeah. there's actually law. If we can pull this you- off, you're about to save me a lot of wedding money. Hey, I just she just comes home and I'm like, hey, sorry, we're already married. We're gonna like, hey, we gotta call this thing off. Hey, here's what you can just go to your local court and get married there, and you're married, save a bunch of money. It's done. Like perfect. I just hey, saved you a ton of money. All right, I, civil partnership. That is what it is called, and there I believe it is if you if you live together for five years in New York State, you can qualify for like health benefits and stuff underneath each other under a civil partnership partnership so it makes everything less expensive yeah i mean i i've totally brought that up it definitely follows with a slap to the face but uh it's definitely an option like my, my childhood best friend the kid that i grew up with he's stationed in uh, alaska and you'll meet him because he'll be in the the wedding party but uh he dude he did that with uh his wife i, I called him up one day because he had a, he, you know he proposed and he was having a wedding He'll kill me if he ever, you know, he hears this episode. But uh, I called him up one day and I'm like, so when's the wedding? He goes, oh, we're married. And I was like, I thought he was busting my chops. He's, they went and did it and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> it's like, damn, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ryan Dalnell in the head. It's a setup. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> You're locked forever. Uh, that's right. Well, dude, it's going to be a fun episode tonight. We have uh, our good buddy, Mr. Wes Logan, joining the show. We're talking some early pre-spawn bass fishing and uh, a bunch of stuff I'm sure tangents will ensue, as they always do, and Wes is on the show. Uh, but really fast uh, for folks, tonight we're going to be giving away some stuff. Kind of out of the ordinary. We don't give away stuff all the time on the show. Uh, but it, you know, we're going to give back to you guys. We have a couple different things. Uh, Wes is going to be giving away uh, some arc baits tonight. So... Make sure you guys are firing off questions. Wes is going to pick his winner to uh, to win that bait package. What Wes's favorite question of the night, and then uh, Andy over here is going to select someone who can win uh, a serious angler hat that are not released yet. Uh, those I can't are- wait for those for those to show up. I'm excited. Uh, it should be. I got an email today. It should be a couple weeks, and then we should hopefully, if all goes well, start shipping those before March comes. Um, if you guys actually want those, they are available. 
uh, for pre-order on our website. You'll just have to wait a few weeks for them to ship. Uh, but Andy's going to pick his winner of the night for that, for the Sears Angler hat. You'll get to choose your, your color, obviously. Uh, and then lastly, we'll have an X2 Power swag pack to give away tonight. It'll be a hat, a T-shirt, uh, and an X2 mug. So we'll send that out your way to my favorite question of the night. So Love make it. sure you guys are firing off, getting engaged with the conversation, and uh, can win some cool stuff. That better be a power question. It's got to be a good one. That's <laughs> what I did there. I tried to be funny. Such a dork, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll have plenty of opportunities. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, before we have Wes on, before we bring him on here in a second, tell the folks what they missed if they have not caught up on the last week's uh, episode of Lure Lab. Oh, good question. Uh, I just drew a blank. You need me to refresh you? Tubes, tubes, yes. We talked about tubes, dude. It's been a day, all right? Like, we talked about winter tube fishing with Hayden Anderson. Smallmouth in the wintertime. And even talked a little bit about some largemouth stuff in there as well. Uh, It was a really good episode. I look forward to this weekend's episode coming up on saturday i'm not going to announce what it is yet so you guys will have to follow the lure lab instagram page to find out what that episode will be either thursday or friday heck yeah yeah well andy i think without further ado let's get our guest down here mr west logan what's going on dude what's up fellas I have one question, Wes. Come and on with it. Come on with it. Just right, out, just right out the gate, yeah. we, we're fired. Yeah, with that Arc Baits giveaway, is the uh-huh. outlaw in there in bone? The, the, the Now, we have a bone, and we have better than bone. Okay. Better than bone is the juice. That's that's the one that you got to see in action. The one that's uh, we, that we, five pounds smallie on yes. the upper Niagara. Oh, man, yes. that was fun. Yes. <laughs> it's called smallmouth, spotted bass, largemouth, pike. Hell, I think it might have caught a walleye one time, but uh, it, it's caught about everything. It's a, it's a pretty special color. Um, I don't know. There might be one. I only have a few, so it would be hard pressed me to give one of those away. But I've got pretty much everything else. Yeah, I need. I still need to get one of those once yeah. I can. Find I do have one held back for you, but they're they're not as easy to come by as all the other ones. I appreciate you. <laughs> I remember that thing came Lately, out I don't know what to tell you water, right? But it was awesome Yeah, just screw me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much <laughs> We could just put you out here, Bailey, yeah. all right? Like, That's you fine, look, hey, you, you guys can, have, you have a good night Yeah <laughs> Perfect uh, uh, I got a really funny comment here From Brandon Dorn He goes, are viewers welcome to the wedding? <laughs> Only if they crash I say we live stream the wedding. Just have, uh, have it be, be a podcast. Might as well be. It's that big. It's it's so big in y'all's lives. It might as well be a part of that too, right? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Oh, well, buddy, how's the uh, how's the off season going? Uh, it's been it's been a little busy. Um, a good busy. Nothing nothing bad or crazy. I've I've traveled. Have to travel more this year than I have. Uh, all the the past year since I made the elites, I had to be in Virginia for a week or two. I uh, went to Georgia to do some filming. Fil- luckily, got to film with X2 at Neely, so that wasn't too far from the house. Um, had to go to Port Aransas, Texas for a Skeeter Yamaha deal with those redfish. Um, just been here, there, and everywhere. Uh, but again, it's been a good busy. You know, that's that's really part of the job, honestly. Yeah, I, I got to see the new whip when you, you took it to, to River Rocks Landing, the new Tundra. How's that uh, treating you now? Pretty nice, pretty nice. I'm really excited. I just got it wrapped up, uh, it in the boat last week, and I got a little leveling cook 
kit put on it put some new uh put some new rubbers on it so it looks it looks it's getting there it's getting there i'm I'm excited with it I, and i'm really impressed with the truck towing and stuff it's it's been a real shock coming from a diesel i was a little bit worried about the power and the towing but it's it's pretty spot on from what everybody said and all the height from the from the new engine and stuff it's it's all pretty true from what i've seen yeah, in the uh, in the ten seconds I got to drive your truck backing your boat in the one morning, I was like, I think Tundra's going to be my next choice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. Everybody that's been in my truck has said that. Actually, I went in pre practice down at Okeechobee, and I ran into Gary Klaus, and uh, he was looking at my truck. He's like, "Is that the new one?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Man, I, I think I'm thinking about getting one." And he ended up driving it. He's like, "Dude, there's an, it's it's automatic. As soon as I get a chance, I'm ordering one." I'm like, "Well, it's 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 pretty cool." Heck yeah. Sounds like I got to get out of my Ford. Yeah, uh, you're always in the shop. <laughs> yeah, my, my truck is always in the shop at this point. It's kind of ridiculous. You yeah, know what they say. Yeah, found on road dead. <laughs> found on road dead, fixed or repair daily. We can keep going. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of triggered Ford folks in this, uh, in this show. I can't really say a whole lot. My uh, the the truck I had before wasn't really wasn't really up to stand. wasn't wasn't doing me no well either, and it wasn't a Ford. So but I'm not yeah. just gonna call them straight out. But you know, you got to watch them dodges. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it, but yeah. watch great, out for dodge. <laughs> great, great engine, great engine, not a great transmission. Plastic. Yeah. Don't it buy a boat. Keep towing that kayak, Bailey. There it is. Yes. There it is. Yep. <laughs> hey, one gas payment, baby. <laughs> you do have a good valid point there. Like the gas payment is right on cue because now gas prices are going up again. So it kind of oh, sucks. Oh, they'll That's never right. go back now. I'll uh, I'll enjoy my one mile stretch. You guys can enjoy the whole lake. It's all good. <laughs> I got the I could fish the whole lake twice and still not catch them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Well, uh, did you get the truck and boat all wrapped and everything ready to go oh yeah it's uh it's good they got it done i think i guess it was last thursday or friday they they finished it up and still it's the same boat wrap as last year just kept everything the same and then took the the design the background moved it to the truck and kind of just swapped the afco and arc logo where afco is the main on the boat arc's the main on the truck and you know kind of vice versa heck yeah pretty cool little deal yeah well, dude, we have a we have an episode coming up where we're gonna dive into like the premise of the episode is gonna be on battery setup. But mm -hmm. uh, one thing I'm curious about because it's this ever changing and evolution of batteries and boats, like going from lead acid to AGM and then lithium, and then you have your 24 volts mixed in, your 36 volts, and I'm like, guys have varying setups across different brands. But I'm curious what you're running uh, this year with X2s. Uh, so what I'm doing this year, which is different than I've done, I'm actually going to have lithiums on my trolling motor, um, and then an AGM on my cranking, but I'm going to have a, 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 basically a lithium standalone that my graphs are just going to run off of completely. So I'm going to have them running from the X2 lithium, uh, to the, you know, the on off switch with the sleek, C clear power harness, and then it's going to run. I've got two Humminbird Helixes on the console 12s, and then I got a Humminbird Helix up front and a Garmin for the, the forward facing sonar and a 360. And all that's going to be run off that one individual lithium. And the reason I did that was is I went from I had to go do the, a filming thing with Arc uh, when I first rigged my boat over at Lanier and I had it, everything running off the AGM, like my batteries, my, you know, cranking, 
live well pumps, lights, all that stuff was off one battery. And I was getting, you know, 12.5, 12.6, which is really good. Like, and it would kind of stay like that because I got the power pole charged and you can charge them on the run and all that good stuff. But I had heard rumor that the clarity on that forward facing and the side scan and all your electronics is so much better if you can ever get to that 13 volts. So I called Sean on the way home and I was like, dude, I want to try this. And he sent, I got one sent over, got it on there. As soon as I got it hooked up, I went out there and it, I stayed at 13.1 to 13.3 all day. And dude, the clarity is unreal. Like at a hundred feet, it's still really good at 12 and a half. But when you get to that 13, it's what everybody was, all the height was for real. It was, it was pretty unique how in depth it was like you, people talk about, you can like see their tail moving. Like I could tell which way the fish was swimming and all that. So it was, it was pretty cool. And like, even on the, the helix with the side image and like the detail, like if you go by a brush pile at 80 feet out there, you could see like the individual limbs and see the little white specks, you know, the Tic Tacs in there. So it, it really makes a huge difference. Not that there's anything wrong with just running a strictly AGM when you, when you've got 12 and a half, cause that's plenty to, you know, get the job done, but you can up your, you know, clarity and stuff with that standalone lithium for sure. Yeah. People rigging their boat for and and the another big deal that I mean it's we try and talk about a lot is pros and a lot of people think that we just do it because they give us the harness and stuff but those harnesses like all across all of them across the market I run the C Clear it's been really good to me I mean I like it just I know how to run it I know the setup best way for the connections to work um but there's other ones on the market but that wiring is crucial just as crucial as the battery I mean just the whole setup is what you really need to get the most out of the graphs that we have today, you know, the technology. Right. That's such a thing over, I mean, beyond overlooked and batteries themselves is the actual rigging, how yeah. crucial that is. But I think people are just getting a little overexcited throwing new gadgets on their boat that they don't think about the integral parts that make those function at the highest level. They can. Yeah. And like I said, you can hook them up to, you can go to anywhere and buy any kind of, you know, group 31 battery and it worked, but it's to get the, I mean, I, I've had, a, an AGM from X2 in my boat for I don't know how many years. Probably I, I I can't even remember how long back, but the difference in that battery lasting and holding up throughout the year has been the biggest difference for me. I, I know guys that have bought my boat three years ago that still have the same X2 AGM as their cranking battery and have not had an issue. Oh, still yeah. holding a charge. So I mean nice. that's just a, a it's a big telltale sign to you know how much we trust our products that are in our boat. Right. Heck yeah. Well, for anybody that's looking for batteries coming up, link down below. You guys can check them out. Uh, before we start diving into some early pre-spawn fishing, I want to throw it over to some viewer questions quick uh, before we Fine, dive down that. that rabbit hole. So keep a, feel free to call them out if you got questions that you, you decide are your winners for tonight. Feel free to let them rip. Um, our first one here, which uh, perfect time. We're probably going to talk a little ARC products tonight. But Michael Bradley is asking... Hey, Wes, what was the theory behind the asymmetric design of the arc reels? The asymmetric design of the arc reels. He's using a lot bigger words than I'm used to using. <laughs> I'm going to say he's an Alabama uh, boy. <laughs> I mean, asymmetric by, is like it's a, it fits in your hand. I was about to say the asymmetric is the design. There's a, I was talking to Louie about the other day, actually, which is the owner of our, who designed the reel. And he was like, when you hold that reel, does it not feel different? I was like, yeah, it feels different, but I couldn't tell you why it feels different in my hand. So he kind of explained to me, there's a, there's a, like a lip halfway down the reel on the, the, you know, the side plate side and the angle and the, 
I'm trying to say the depth that cuts into the reel. So you've got the plate and it kind of makes a ledge and it runs down the length of the reel. It sits at a little different angle than I've noticed in other reels. Um, so when you just grab it naturally, like where your fingers want to lay, whether you have big hands, small hands, medium size, where the way your fingers want to lay, the way we hold a bait caster, it runs kind of between your index finger and your middle finger. So it's just real natural when you just pick it up. Like if you just randomly grabbed it up, you're like, man, this feels good. Well, that your fingers always want to go to that section of the reel. So I feel like he was real smart in designing that because – not, not not that all the other reels feel unnatural, but it just feels you just don't think about how good it feels until you're like you go grab another one and you start fishing with it for like an hour and you're like, and it's don't like my hands starting to cramp or it just don't feel like I'm trying to find that comfortable and it's not there like it is on the art one. So that's that's a pretty cool deal. Um, I don't really I, I haven't talked to him about the theory behind it. That's my theory on it, like in depth about it. Like he probably has some you know real fancy terms about it, but that's the main thing I could from layman's terms. That's what I take away from, you know, having the reel in my hand. Andy, that sounds like a Lure Lab episode on reel design. It's very palmable is what it is. It's probably a, the ergonomics of it. Yes. Probably Look, allows like, like like that less <laughs> wrist fatigue or something along those lines. Who it's knows? like, a, it's stuff, like but. if you played baseball or you played hockey, it's like you put on a glove that's been worn in. Like yeah. you put it on and it's, it molds. It, fits, it. Right. Just, yeah. Yeah. it literally it's just, it fits from the get go. I don't, it's a, it's a weird, cause I mean, dude, I've, we've all held a bunch of reels in our hands and they all have their little tweaks and twerks and all that good stuff. But that's one key that you can feel as soon as you get out of the box. You know, and it just fits my hand very well. Mm. And it's not like it's a small reel that your hand like, you know, encapsulates or something. Cause I've had though, I've had companies where, man, this reel feels great in your hand and it, you know, it's so light, but heck dude, it'd be like, I'm holding a ping pong ball in my hand. Like it, <laughs> Like, it don't feel good after a while, yeah. but, I mean, this is still, a, a you know, your average size reel, but it fits your hand really well. Yeah. All right. Our next question is from Anthony Geis, who's becoming a regular on the live stream. Yeah. So, props, Anthony. Usually from, like, hiding from the wave or in mm -hmm. the bathroom or something, as he always notes in the comments. But, mm -hmm. yeah, he says, uh, <laughs> Wes says he has an uncanny ability to lose things, but this guy never loses sight on getting a check. 39 tournaments. 31 times in the money. What's your key to consistency? Mm, I wish I could answer that from last year because I think of those 39, the 31, I think last year was like four that I didn't get. So it would have been 30, it would have been 35 out of 39 if I hadn't had last year. I don't know. It's a, uh, I think a big key that I kind of got away from last year, and I've done a lot of soul searching in the off season. I think I got away from what got me to where I'm at or, you know, making the elites and stuff. Like, I fished my way. I went into a tournament thinking, you know, I'm going to go do my thing, figure out how to catch as much as I can catch, and let the, you know, basically the chips fall where they may, like everybody says. And I got to noticing, I got to thinking back on it, and I feel like every tournament I went to, I was like, well, this is how it's going to be won, and this is how they're going to catch them. So this is what I need to go try and do for three days of practice. Well, that's not always your deal. Like, now – you might have one that sets up in your wheelhouse, but like most of the time it's not going to, I mean, if you're just being completely honest. So instead of going and doing what I thought needed to be done for me to catch as much as I could and then just let them do what they want to do. Cause I can remember looking back, like fishing, even fishing the opens, some of the Toyotas and the Costa series when they were Costas is I would go out there and they'd be like, man, they're killing them offshore, you know, throwing a chatterbait in the grass or something. I'm like, well, that's fine, but I think I can go catch 18 pounds on the bank swimming a jig. 
and that's what I'm going to go do. If they want to go out there and fight with each other, you know, go ahead. I'm going to go catch what I can catch. And most of the time that would get you or get me, you know, top 20s, top 15s, top 30s. And they and most of the time it did get one out there, but I still was able to be so consistent doing that. So I've really got to get back to that. Um, and I think that's a big mental side of it. But I'm I think the first step, hopefully, is admitting that I did that. It's kind of like an addiction. Like I know what I did wrong. <laughs> so learning that, uh, I hope is a is a is a step in the right direction for this upcoming year. Um, not always thinking that I can go win one and just kind of doing my thing and let them, you know, let them. I don't know, let it play out like it does. I feel like that's what really a lot of the great ones do that are good, really, really great at what they do. Um, I mean, a great example is like a Christie. Christie is an amazing angler all around. I can't, I'm not taking that away from me. But like on a shallow water, he's going to go figure out how to catch him his way. It's a classic. I mean, he, you know, he did his little live forward facing sonar deal in the mornings and then he went and, you know, skipped docks with a jig. That's what he loves to do. Hackney's another great example. Amazing angler. But dude, when they're, he goes and does his thing and he's going to beat. He's going to be the guy that wins the shallow water tournament. Like, whether if the tournament gets one deep, he's going to be the guy that finishes the highest on the bank most of the time. So that's kind of what I got to get back to. Yeah. Back to the confidence. Well, that was a pretty good uh, question there. That was Anthony. a really good question. Yeah, I think uh, I think that deserves – I mean, if you guys aren't going to claim it, I'm going to claim it. I'm going to get mine. Got that one. That's right. Anthony, guys, I'm going to give you that X2 Power Swag Pack. Uh, we'll get in touch. Either shoot us an email or holler over social, and uh, we'll get your address, get that sent over to you. Uh, awesome. Anthony always has either the funniest question of the night or, honestly, the best question of the night. Yeah. So that's putting high standards for you guys. You guys got to keep firing off some questions. We got two more uh, prize packs for you guys for tonight. But let's start diving into some early pre-spawn bass fishing. And let's, uh, let's set the stage as somebody, reg- whether they're up north and it's just iced out, Water's finally open, or somebody say down in your neck of the woods that decides to not fish all winter, and when temperatures start getting warmer, they decide to to hit the water. Um, it's been a couple months. You got to knock the rust off. What is the first place you're going to go look to try and find some fish? Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to want to find your most high percentage areas, and basically what that's going to be is any kind of point um, near a creek channel or a river channel that's real close to, you know, where they're going to spawn at. Now, whether that be on a straight river, uh, if you're dealing with, let's just say you're dealing with spotted bass, they spawn on the river. So you're going to be looking at places that are, you know, out of the current. You'd be a current eddy. Well, right there on where the current is, the hardest is probably where they're going to be feeding up, where they can feed the easiest. That's where you're going to want to focus on your pre-spawn stuff because all they're going to do is just back up and get in that eddy and spawn whenever they're, you know, the water temperature gets right, they get the right mood. Uh, or the moon's right, anything like that. Um, Largemouth wise, like I like to start out. Let's just say you've got a major creek, and I, w- I will say this: I've always noticed across the country is the fish on the lower end of every lake tend to spawn a little bit. They they always spawn at a different time, depending on what ta- part of the country you're in. Either the upper part of a lake and river will spawn first, and the lower end will spawn second, or they'll be vice versa. So when you roll up to a place, it's kind of good, kind of, you kind of want to figure out which end of the lake's kind of, you know, they're catching them on. And you can do a lot of research on that by tournament results. And I like to, if you notice, most of the time area, like lakes have different boat ramps. So if you've got a boat ramp on the low end of the lake and it's taking 15 pounds a day to win down there, 
and you've got a boat ramp at the upper end of the lake and it's taking 22 every tournament that's out of there, you're probably going to want to start on the upper part because that's probably the fish that are more further along that are easier to catch. So let's just say it's going down up there. You're going to want to find your major spawning areas and just get right on the outside of them, mostly. I mean, you know, your major points going into a creek, um, any kind of isolated cover that may be off the bank a little into a little bit deeper water. That's where your bigger females are probably going to set up, you know, just waiting to get up there. And that's all depending on water temperature, too. I do know uh, one thing that we have learned with forward-facing sonar is sometimes those big females will get out there in the middle of those spawning pockets like just and just suspend like two feet under the water. And they'll just sit there and sun when it while well, you get a little bit of a warm day and you've got some sunny conditions and it's kind of calm. They'll just sit there. And I don't know if they're warming their eggs up or if it just feels good to them. But I just know a couple guys that have caught some really big bags like, you know, early March, like hardcore pre-spawn, but just out in the middle of just nothing, just in the abyss. Like there's hardly even any bait out there. And they're just, they'll be, you know, they'll see eight or 10 dots during the day and they'll all be four to six pounders. So it's, that's one thing to keep in mind. But, you know, by the book, you want to find your, you know, your transition places, the main points, the isolated cover. But the main thing is finding where they want to spawn at and then, you know, backing up and seeing where they might would set up at. It's almost like, What's interesting, a few lakes are almost getting exposed nowadays. I don't know if it's just forward-facing sonar that's assisting us realizing they're out there, but like fish like doing exactly what you're talking about. Just like nothing. In the abyss. Yep. And like but they're relatively patentable because they might be say somewhat on a main lake point, but they're out in a hundred foot of water, but only yep. ten feet down. <laughs> but if you run enough different areas, you might run into two or three giants like it's almost kind of interesting watching certain bodies of water get exposed especially as of recent with that exact trend in mind yeah it's it's really weird and and the one thing about it is i'm not saying that's what you need to go do every time you go out on the lake because it's not always going to work and it's not always i'm going to say that doesn't happen but about two weeks out of the year like where they're just there's that many of them out there that you can actually run it and catch now you could probably always catch a couple but as a tournament pattern, I don't know that it would ever hold up like consistently, you know, months and months and months. Um, because uh, and another thing you say, pre-spawn, pre-spawn, I mean, they don't all spawn at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you can actually catch pre-spawn fish in, you know, 65, 70 degree water that just and they may have already spawned and going to spawn again. So you can always tend to catch fish on those transition places like I was talking about. And another thing is, I know we're not talking about it, but. Those same places that are pre-spawn set up places, a lot of times are post-spawn also as they're going back out instead of coming. So it's kind of a double-edged sword once you figure out kind of what you're looking for. Makes sense. It's it's honestly it's. I feel like once you can once you find them that first time, I feel like it's a lot easier to follow them up. But it can kind of be interesting to like. What would you say is easier, starting deeper or starting shallower? And like obviously in working in each direction, like vice versa, if that makes sense. Me me personally, I like starting shallower and having to work deeper just because I feel like they I feel like a lot of times for me, the fish are a little bit further ahead than I think they are. So if I spend a lot of time like fishing deep bluff banks on the main river, like I could be running I could be running a pattern in that's a that's an end of December, January pattern because it's a little bit colder, but those fish realize that the days are getting longer. They're moving, even though the water temperature is not 
659, 60 degrees. The water temperature may only be 52 or 53, but they realize that the days are getting longer. It's getting later in the year. They're going to start moving. They may not just run up to the bank and, you know, blow their eggs out, but they're going to get a lot closer than you think they will with it still being cold. Not saying you can't still catch some fish on that deeper stuff, but from the experience I've had, if you start shallower, you'll you tend to get a few more bites quicker than vice versa. Like you may fish out deep for, you know, all day and catch two. They may be really big ones, but if you would have started shallow and found them in that six to eight foot range, you may have caught eight or ten during the day. And they may be, you know, decent ones. And just, you know, you happen to run into a big one that's pulled up from that deeper stuff. So I like starting shallower just for the simple fact that a lot of times the fish are further along than we think they are. Now, I have a question for you, Wes. Like, keeping going on, like, the shallow water stuff, do you feel like lunar charts in the moon phase help push those fish shallower sooner? So, like, water's 51 degrees and all of a sudden you have a full moon. Do you feel like that draws them shallower quicker? I I think any time of the year, I'm a big moon guy. I'm a big moon guy. Like, I, I, I pay, pay attention to all that just because I've seen it be dead on so many times, deer hunting and bass fishing. Like, the feeding charts, um, they're they're pretty – most of the time, they're pretty spot on. It's a little bit weather-dependent and water conditions. Uh, weather-dependent with the deer, water conditions with the fish, obviously. Um, if you, you know, that gets into a whole other thing. But if all the other stuff is good, the moon phases are, you know, pretty spot on. And I feel like any – month out of the year on a full moon or a new moon that it, the fish are going to be shallow just because so much stuff happens on a full moon you know you've got all kinds of spawns you know crawfish spawns crayfish however you call them bluegill shad just depending on what type of the month um or what you know what month we're in but i, I feel like I, there's a guy that me and my buddy know really well he fishes uh weiss lake a good bit and it, it's funny because this this winter trail that they have almost every tournament has hit either on a new moon or a full moon and dude he fishes like that deep and he has smashed them almost in every tournament i'm like dude it don't matter if it's 20 degrees they get to fish on a full moon he's gonna catch some gel like it's just every single time and it's it's i don't know what makes them want to go shallow a lot of the times i know in the you know the springtime you'll have all the spawning stuff going on but i just there's something on a full moon you want to be shallow yeah, I I love following moon phases for whatever yeah. species of fish I'm following, but I feel like it helps a ton. And I, I don't know it if does. it's like a bait fish deal or like I've heard rumors of like crawfish spawning when a water hits a certain degree on full moon or it yeah. makes them move even when the water is cold. Yep. Like there's just I, I think it has a lot to do because another thing we've always noticed around here is on a full moon, fish will get on rock big time, like hard. So, I mean, the only two and two you'd put together is, you know, crawfish moving around or doing something that we don't really know about that much, even with if we've got a, a cold water situation. And we've even seen it on a full moon in the, you know, pre-spawn deal where a certain color will be better than it normally would on, you know, just a regular day. A lot of time, a black, I think the crawfish change color a little bit on a full moon. They'll get that, you know, more of a blue color to them. Mm-hmm. And that's where your black and blues come in more than your reds. Reds will still catch some, like in your pre-spawn situations, but blue seems to be a little bit better, and I think that's the reason. There's been so many times, and it's something I really want to work on this year, that being such a – myself as an angler, a guy that likes to live offshore, be as far away from the bank as possible, there are a lot of times where what that does to me is 
I think, ah, there's no way they're going to be that shallow right now. I have those mindsets, but then I go back into the ramp and I'm like in like six inches of water and I kick up a giant and I'm like, well, well, son of a, like, I'm just, I think that's one thing I really want to like ignore that voice in my head and try to get past that this year. And especially when like fun fishing or practicing is experiment that like, you don't have to live offshore all the time, live or live deep. Like when it, I feel like when I hear that voice this year is when my time is to go up that shallow and then, you know, trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. I would say another thing too with the moon phase I'll throw in here real fast. So one thing that I've learned from it, like full moon or new moon, is that first thing in the morning, the bite usually is really good, especially shallow. And then you'll get like that weird lull from like nine to noon. And then your late afternoon bite from in a tournament from like twelve to two or one to three is when you always get your biggest bites in the afternoon. You might not catch a ton of fish, but that's when you're gonna get big ones if you can figure out what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the time, if you pay attention to, like, the actual feeding charts on a full moon, most of the time they feed all night, whether it be, again, deer hunt, like, as I deer hunt a lot, deer and bass or deer and fish in general are really similar. Like, when they feed and, you know, when you're going to catch them, when you're going to see them moving around and all that good stuff. But a lot of times they'll feed all night on a full moon. And so you'll get get that, what you're talking about on that early morning deal, you'll get them still feeding in that low light deal Mm -hmm. because they still think it's dark. Well, then they fed all night. Hell, they're going to, you know, lay around and be lazy for a little while. And then around, like you said, around lunchtime, bass or deer, he's going to get back up on his feet or, you know, get swimming around. The the one thing I like that not a lot of people talk about is a new moon. I almost like a new moon better than a full moon because they tend to eat or move around all day because they don't do it as much at night because it's so dark. They can't see as well. Now, I understand bass doesn't really feed by sight, but. A full moon does help with them feeding at night. I mean, and it, like it's same as deer. It, it, same as deer. I'm telling you, dude. They're so they're so similar. Now, I have another theory on bass being real similar with something else, but that's a different road. We can go down a different day. That's watch. <laughs> no, I, I, I've always I've always said that a largemouth bass and women are very very similar. Oh like, boy, more, more similar. Elaborate. Than we're we're already going. You got to elaborate now. Oh, we like, can wait till you're married. That way, it's locked in. I, I will be. I, I've told her this. <laughs> like you got a spotted bass and a smallmouth that most of the time they're gonna eat. You know, a good part of when you're fishing for them. Like you throw it enough or throw in the right place, you're gonna catch some. Dude, you can fish for a largemouth for three hours in the in the greatest brush pile in the lake and not get a bite if everything's not perfect. If all his little moods ain't good. If if he's had one thing go wrong during the day, he ain't gonna bite. So. <laughs> Hard I mean, to get. <laughs> yeah, they're hard. They play hard to get, and it just—they're—they're they're so temperamental. Yeah. I mean, if everything's not just exactly, if the water temperature's not exactly right, if it's not quite the right color, if it what—if your crankbait wasn't coming by them at the right speed, they're not going to bite it. Where you got a spotted bass or a smallmouth that just sees something and goes out there and eats it. It's like a dog. A smallmouth and a spot is like a dog. Yeah, like a little chase. chihuahua or something. Yeah. Just, nah, 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 nah. But then you got that old sloppy thing just laying over there under a bush, just looking at it like I ain't going to eat that today. I'll work. I'll worry about it later. <laughs> make it easier that's oh, good. good all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna take a break here in between because i have a bunch of more questions coming up on this topic and i'm sure andy does too uh to hit a couple of viewer questions um i know we, we were gonna hit on baits here in a second mm-hmm. yeah. um but we can we can factor that in a little bit because we have a question here from Beelsley uh that says hey wes i know you love to swim a jig what are your go-to trailers on the swim jig uh, 99% of the time I'm going to be throwing a zoom super speed crawl. 
and it's you have you have an ultra vibe and you've got the super the super is the one with the big big flappers is what i call them the soup the ultra vibe is kind of more inline little bitty claws i'm not a real huge fan of that one uh like i said 99 percent of the time gonna be using the super speed crawl just because i like to keep the jig up the way i swim it um if i'm doing a little bit more of a straight retrieve uh, a lot of times i'll take a zoom z crawl junior and i'll actually turn it you know vertical instead of horizontal so it swims more like a bait fish on a steady retrieve and you can also you know lay it horizontal and you know kind of swim it like i would the super speed crawl but those two are pretty much my go-to i'm not a huge swim bait you know paddle tail on the back of it um zoom has a z swimmer uh that's a i think it's a 3.8 that's a really good one it's just a kitex style bait that's that's what i'd use if i got into that situation like in florida or something but anywhere else when i'm on the bank those are the those are the two good ones Heck yeah. We have a really good question here from Chris Flay. Uh, and I'm almost curious to add on to this. If you had to rank these, these three. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a good, I choose that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, All right. I choose. Winner. <laughs> I choose that, that one. That was a great question. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Like if you like of all the, like anybody can, and there's nothing wrong with asking what bait or something, but that's a, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Chris, uh, get in touch with us. We'll send you, well, we'll have Wes send you, some uh some arc baits yeah i'll get one an arc bait package um okay so i'm gonna add on to this question so the question is what is most important in the spring water temperature water color or moon phase so i want you to to answer what you think is most important but then rank them um in order of most important to least important and then can I add one more thing? <laughs> yeah sure he's in Alabama he can only take two at a third so the most ideal at the end of after you rank everything, the most ideal day with the water temp, watercolor, and moon phase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would say, and, and everybody's probably going to have a different opinion on this angler-wise, my most important would probably be water temperature. Um, Just what phase they may be in or, you know, what where they're at in their cycle from a pre-spawn going to spawn. Um, Watercolor just, I mean, it, watercolor is really going to depend on how you're going to approach trying to catch them. Um, where if you were in a, you know, an Ozark Lake situation, just off the top of my head, it's going to be a lot clearer, like a table rock or something, um, to where you're going to throw, you know, a jerk bait or a finesse jig on some rocks or something where they're setting up to where watercolor is really muddy, like right where I live, like if we went to Neely Henry, you might catch them on, you know, the second dock going into a pocket on a dock post that's three foot deep, um, on a chatterbait or a square bill or something, um. That's, that's where your water temperature really is going to come in. And then the moon phase. I mean, the moon plays a big deal, but I don't think it plays as big a deal as the other two. So if I had to rank them, it would be temp, color, basically the way he asked it, temp, color, and moon phase. Um, but your most ideal, like Andy was asking, I feel like would be, you know, coming, probably coming on to a full moon. Um, with a, with a, You want to be on a warming trend with your water temperature you don't really want it to be 60 or 59 and it dropped 53 or 54 overnight. I mean, that would be a, a, you know, an extreme drop. Um, and most of the time when you have an extreme drop, you've had a weather situation come in like a front, a bad front, which is going to bring a lot of rain 90% of the time. So your watercolor is going to get off. Um, it's just going to throw everything kind of out of whack from a, from a spawning standpoint. Now, pre-spawn like we like i obviously know that's what we're talking about but i don't know that it affects it that much um the moon phase and all that stuff and the water temperature i mean if she's sitting there 
you got a bass that's sitting there in the water is 55 or 56 and she's pre-spawn and it drops to 50 she's really not going to do a whole lot she may slide off the bank a little bit if she's up you know on a bluffier type deal she may go from three foot to six foot or something but i, I really don't think it's going to be that big of a deal but from them moving from pre-spawn to you know spawn that coming on to a moon a warming trend on your water temperature and it may be a trend from 52 or 53 to 55 or 56 just something you know warming up is going to get them fish moving and then your water color again is going to be basically how you approach you know and, and obviously if you want a sight fish and they're going on the bed you'd want it clear i would want the water a little bit stained just for how i like the fish um you know just kind of they would have to get on something you know patch of grass log dock something like that heck yeah that's a, I don't I don't know if that answered it right, but that's that's kind of how I, you know. I, I'd say it was good. I'd say you nailed it. I say that's a, a good nugget for people to live by, especially early pre-spawn. Um, there's a lot of juice to unfold right there. Uh, I highly recommend people going back and listen to that again yeah. because it's an easy. Like I know we talk about textbook right in in fishing, but I feel like I feel like pre-spawn can be about as textbook as fishing gets yeah. to the point i, I want to I, I went to say this earlier and it kind of i thought about it and it went in one inner or you know it was gone like a downright rabbit hole or something but <laughs> i was thinking when y'all were, we were talking about starting shallow and starting deep i feel like it's harder to catch fish in the winter i mean or, or you know early pre-spawn when it's cold it's not gonna be you go out there and catch a hundred a lot of the times but i feel like once you can and bailey said something that kind of made me think of this once you get a bite or two and figure out what you're looking for it gets a lot easier because they're so patternable that time of year. It's not near as random as it is, you know, post spawn and summertime stuff like that, unless they're offshore. But like when they're on the bank, like when you can figure out they're a hundred yards off in the pocket off the river, and that's all you've got to fish on every one of them on a, with a, you know, a red flat side or something, it's, it's game on. Like it's just mm -hmm. that easy. And that's the only place you're really going to catch them that good. When you can figure that out, it just gets so easy. So it can be real frustrating. And I'm not a huge fan of fishing pre-spawn, like in the winter, in the cold. But it is some of the most satisfying once you figure out the deal because you can run it so good. And it, it goes for a lake, for a river. Like, it, it's really it's really cool once you figure it out. Yeah. Like, people talk about this time of year and, like, the, the, the fall in certain regions of the country being mm -hmm. a time to catch giants. Well, I feel like this time of year, this pre-spawn bite, is the time of year that is easily the most patternable for larger caliber fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was actually one of a guy that I know just at Logan Martin. Just, we just, he just called a nine pounder. Like, I don't know of a nine pounder being called on Logan Martin in like 15 years. But like, <laughs> and people, and there's people fishing that like, it doesn't get closed. It don't get ice covered up. It don't get closed. Like, there's tournament there every other day. And I mean, it's just, it's this time of year, even though it's the beginning of February. I mean, it's not been that cold around here. I mean, the water temperature is still low 50s, mid 50s. They're, they're not far. And she's just kind of, I mean, she was a beautiful fish. But like you said, it's that time of the year to catch a, you know, a true giant. Mm -hmm. Biggest yeah. fish in the lake will get caught from, you know, end of December to, you know, 1st of March in my area. I know it's a little different for y'all, but. And just add a couple, like two months in the beginning and <laughs> yeah, the end. And yeah, it's about right. the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah like Mid-April when there's not when it gets going. That's right. <laughs> That's wide open spawn down here. Wide open. Mm -hmm. All right, we're gonna we're gonna hop in back into the conversation after one more question. We have Mister X Two himself in the house tonight, Mister uh -oh. Sean Budiak. Oh no, uh, he said hey, you're fired. Yeah. Hey, you're fired. We're all fired. <laughs> uh, Sean's asking, what is the lake coming up this year that best fits your style? 
Where are we going? I just know where we start and then where they tell me to go after I leave the way in. Uh, but no, um, I don't know. I'm obviously I'm really looking forward to the Lay Lake tournament. Um, you know, it's on the Coosa River. That's where I grew up. Uh, Lay is a little bit different animal though than all the rest of them, or even. The, the Coos River is broken up. We have the upper Coosa and the lower Coosa. So from mostly Lay, you'll have Lay, Mitchell, Jordan, and then the Alabama River. It's more of a – it's really clear. There's a lot bigger spots in it, but it's a, it's a relatively clear body of water than the upper ones are like Weiss, Neely, and Logan. And I grew up on the upper ones. So basically where I'm going with that is I still love Lay because it's, you know, it's a good shallow water fishery, but Lay can be dominated off the bank. Like, it, it's a really great offshore lake. It's got standing timber in it. It's got, you know, that you they, they just catch them majority to win tournaments off the bank. But I still think you can compete, like I said at the beginning of the deal. I'm going to, you know, do my deal on the bank and just see where it goes because it's got so many fish in it. It's been taken, you know, pretty good care of in the, you know, history. It's a it's a really good lake that I'm looking forward to. It used to be probably one of the best swim jig lakes in the country. Um, it kind of gets a lot of pressure on that because it's so small, but it, it you'll still be able to you know do pretty good there doing that I think. Um, and that I mean that ain't really telling anybody nothing because you can literally fish from one end to the other because it's just grass all over the thing, just bank grass, nothing really off the bank. But looking forward to that one for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like what bothers me so bad about the Sabine River. Like that's looks like it would fit right in my wheelhouse, and I don't know if I just I don't know. You've got to be around them to catch them there. Like you can't just fish shallow. Like you watch it on TV, like man, here's flipping a little beaver and a throwing a frog around a buzz bait. Yeah, it don't work like that. Like if you ain't in that right canal, you can throw that buzz bait all you want. You throw the blade off of it, and you ain't gonna catch one. So I really want to catch them there because I feel like that's if I could ever find them, like I would do okay there. Just that that's how I like to fish, but. That's a that's a pretty tough one. So I think, honestly, all in all, I think we're going to have a really good schedule. Um, I think there's going to be some big bags caught, but probably looking forward to late the most, and because it's going to be close to home too. But there's a lot of other guys on the elites that have a lot more experience on late than I do, for sure. If uh, if you guys can finally get a good year of weather, I think it'll be yeah insanity what could happen because like they even said that last year, and then you guys got like. 25 degree weather the day before yeah. 17 yeah so you get you get 25 degree days and the water's down two foot that's not good for shallow water tournaments yeah. it's good for it's always going to be good for somebody it's always going to be bad for somebody yeah. but if that's if fair. you could ever hit a lake right where you know the water was stable it was on a warming trend on one of our spawning tournaments it could it could get ugly and and the second one may be that tournament because that lake's got some bass in it mm-hmm. for sure I'm looking forward to that one. I think more than that's when it's going to be. A, that's going to be the best tournament we have all year. Hands I, I think Murray's overlooked too. I see. I've never been there, um, but I don't know. It it's going to be hard to compete with Seminole. Yeah, it's going to be a fun schedule, regardless. Yeah. As long as you guys don't have like Pickwick weather again, where it rises ten feet and yeah. Hey, I loved it. I loved it. Let's Did do you? It. Did oh, you yeah. Actually- yeah, no practice. Let's just go out there and start the. T- let's just start everything over. Okay, I see you. All right, I really did like it. Just once, I, once, fish. once I realized that the fish ran to the bank, I is game on. <laughs> see you boys tomorrow. Yeah, no party on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so back on the trend we we're talking about with, with this time of year can be 
the most patternable season of the year when it comes to especially catching larger caliber fish. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that depth changes are more important or do you think like cover, like brush, docks, rock, do you think that more specific targeted cover is more important? I think the most important is going to be your depth, and that's going to just be closer to the deeper water just because those bigger fish are going to be more comfortable, you know, close to that deeper water. And if you notice, a lot of times, even any time of the year, those bigger fish will relate to that deeper water 90% of the time. Like, that's where they, they want to be close to it. Not saying they're going to be in it all the time. It, it, the fish may be up there in six inches, but she ain't going to have to swim far to get out to 20 just for some kind of freak thing. Just she'll feel safe like that. Um, so I think from the question you asked, I think the deeper water or the, you know, the depth of water is more crucial than actually what you're fishing. So it may not really matter what you're fishing. It, it does to an extent, but what it may be, you know, a big lay down close to a channel swing, you know, for a pre-spawn situation. Or it may be, you know, a rock corner close to a channel swing. The channel swing is going to be more important than the rock or the lay down, I feel like, in my opinion. It, one, one other thing I did think about a minute ago was just because I'm talking about on the bank stuff, like you can go to like the Tennessee River situations and where they'll get on bar, like they call them bars and they're just river bars. Well, that's a situation they'll be pre-spawned, but they'll actually be stacked up. And, and I don't really mean to go off topic, but I just thought about that, that that's a whole different pre-spawn situation, but that's where, you know, they'll get on those bars in two or three foot of water, just waiting for the water to come up. Cause that that's a winter pool situation where they're waiting on that water to come up and then they'll flood to the bank and get on their, you know, their spawn deal. That's a really good point where just because it's that time of year, you can't just go fish every single piece of wood expect they're going to be out. There's a reason why they're on that wood in that exact location. There's a reason why that piece of wood's better than the other five you fished. And, and it can even get to a point where as they're on, like we were talking about the, the transition of the water temperature, they could be on that piece of wood near the channel swing and then there'd be another lay down 100 yards down the bank that may be in five foot of water. They may be on that next. Like they're just move. And if the if they get to that one and the water gets real cold and they don't decide to spawn, they move, move back out. Like the biggest thing I've always told people, fish have fins, man. They swim. Like they don't just <laughs> sit there all the time. They can't. They won't. They have to eat. Unless it's a large mouth looking at your bait, then they stay and they don't move. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Well, dude, so this time of year, what are going to be uh, some baits that are mainstays for you that are always on deck? Uh, from a bank situation, like just going down the bank, you know, it's hard to beat, uh, you know, a flat side um, crankbait in any kind of temperature, you know, low 50s to mid 50s. Arc's got a really good one. Uh, it's a Z series flat side. Um, it's got a it's got a rattle in it. It's got just kind of a one knock sound to it. I really like it. Um, it's a really good crankbait for that 50, 49 to you know 55, 56 degree water. It, you know you can fish it warmer. Obviously, you can throw it if it's a hundred degree water. But it, it's got a little bit of a you know a wide wobble to it to where you know some of your balsa flat sides are going to have that real tight wobble. Any type type of balsa flat side, I'm going to throw when it's really cold, like you know, anything under 46, you know, down to 40, like really, really cold water where you don't want a lot of action moving around. But when it hits that 48, 49 and higher, that's when I'm going to pick up this art one. It's got a little bit more hunting action, like I said. It's got that knock in it. That's a really good one. Um, a vibrating jig's not bad to go down the bank with this time of year. To, 
the colder it gets, I kind of get away from that. Uh, when it starts warming up, I'll get on that when they get a little bit more aggressive. Um, a, a half ounce flipping jig, uh, just whatever your favorite jig is, really. Um, I'll normally go with the, you know, a crawfish pattern if, unless I get on that full moon situation, like I was telling Andy, I might go to a, you know, black and blue, something like that. Most of the time in the wintertime, I'll flip a, you know, a Zoom big salty chunk on there just because of that slow rate of fall in the wintertime or, you know, early pre-spawn. Uh, another good bait, like we were talking about on that bar situation, like the Tennessee River is a, is a you know, a rattle trap, a lipless type bait. And Art makes a, probably one of the best ones that I've thrown that I've caught fish on. Uh, it's a, it's called a Z, well, we have a Z53, a Z63, and a Z75. And that's just going to be your different weights. The 53 is going to be the smaller one. The 63 is normally the one that I throw the most. It's going to be closer to your 5 8 ounce, uh, which is kind of like the mainstay that everybody throws, you know, all around. But the main thing with this deal is it's got a real natural fall. Like if when you're throwing it on those bars, and let's just say there's a little bit of grass, you know, hydrilla mixed in it. When you rip it out of that grass, the bait's not going to die. Like when you kill it, it's not going to like fall to the side like some of them do. It's going to have a, you know, when you rip it, it's just going to fall straight back down and have a real natural, you know, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. Like a reaction when you rip it, it's just going to fall straight down. It doesn't kick off to the side where, dude, a lot of them will fall to the side and the hooks foul up and your whole cast is wasted. So you're going to make, you know, five casts out of ten that aren't any good. The other main key that if you have one of these that you can notice is you can reel this thing as slow as you possibly can and it's going to stay upright. Well, a big deal with that is, is like on those shell bars, or, and even like in Florida in a pre-spawn situation, they get on those shell bars. The Tennessee River, they have shell bars. You throw it out there and let it sink to the bottom and just crawl it back, and it's going to stay upright. It's not really just going to, you know, lay on its side and roll over. So the way, the where that line ties at and the, you know, the design of the head and the tail of the body, the way the water comes over, it just, you can barely crawl that thing, and it'll just stay up and just be ticking those shells and stuff. And it's a, it's a really good way to get bit on those, you know, pre-spawn situations on those bars and stuff. Do you have a go-to color with these that you like to throw? Uh, you know, I love the red, uh, obviously, the red and the pre-spawn. Um, if you get a little bit cleaner water or notice you've got, let's say, some shad in the area, uh, you know, that I think it's called real shad is the color I like the best, I think is what it's called. Um, is it? No, that's the, that's, that's the Florida color, obviously, the chrome and the... Yeah, I can't. I don't think there's a real shad. That yeah, may be on the real shad's on the flat side. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He may have painted. He may have painted me some like that. But any like the the color you have chosen there, like that would be if you've got a lot of shad in the area, gizzard shad, threadfin. You would want to go with that one. Um, I like the chrome with the orange belly in a Florida situation, and then obviously the red uh, for anywhere you know where I'm at and further north, kind of towards you you guys up there for sure. Hard to beat a red lipless bait. I mean, it's just it's game on down here. <laughs> Pretty, pretty classic. Yeah, yeah I mean, if, if, if you have it on, like, from, I mean, Texas to Georgia to however far up you can fish without any ice, and I don't know, you get into Florida, though, you better you better cut that thing off. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like the the classic, the first classic Hank one, I think that was, what, 2018? Something, I think it was 18. Yeah. Uh, that was, like, the Battle of the I, Red until Hank's like, hey, take this jerkbait in your face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me get on this bridge and catch. You know, just smash them. Yeah. Now, real quick, Wes, on the on trap throwing, do you use braid or are you a fluorocarbon guy? Dustin Hobbs is asking. I, I throw braid. Set up. 
I throw braid, um, and just because I use a real soft rod, uh, I use a 7.4 medium, uh, medium heavy. Uh, it's an Invoker Pro from Arc. It's it's a regular action, which which is kind of like your moderate. Um, so it's going to have the the action of a composite rod. I'm not a big composite guy because I like graphite because of the sensitivity. So it's a graphite rod with the action of a composite. Um, I don't know. It's just a soft rod. When you get it in that grass, you know, it, it just rips out so easy. You don't really have to kill yourself like ripping it so much with the braid. You just kind of put a little tension on it, kind of pop it, and it'll, you know, flutter loose. And a lot of times that I've noticed, not really on a, on a lipless, but a chatterbait big time, is you'll get that bait hung in the grass. And sometimes they want it ripped real hard and like, you know, jerked out of there. But if you get around a lot of pressured fish, like the tournament that I finished second in at Gunnersville, um, that Kufal won by like a hundred pounds. Uh, I noticed I was fishing around a lot of guys, but I noticed if I could ever get that chatterbait and just kind of ease it out and just kind of barely pop it, they would eat it as soon as it like broke loose instead of like me just sitting there like jacking it and like you wouldn't get a bite. I'm like, that mm. don't make no sense. And I was, I think I was on the phone in practice and I was think I was talking and I just kind of got hung up and I was moving my rod and it just kind of took the rod from me. And I was like, huh? So I, I like that rod for that situation just because you can kind of ease it out and kind of get a feel of what the fish are doing. And like I said, sometimes they're real aggressive and they want it ripping through there, but our lakes are so pressured now that anything you can do a little bit different is, you know, going to get you a few more bites. And I feel like that's, that's a good way to do that. Yeah. I think the people that uh, I think find a lot of success is people that experiment a little bit more than others, where a lot of people will take a trap and they'll just straight reel it. And if they don't get bit doing that, they change baits and then it's just, Whereas somebody that might change the cadence or yo-yo it or doing exactly what you're talking about, yeah. you know, they might find a little more success. Basically, don't be afraid to uh, play around with things a little bit. Like there's like what I can't remember the specific rule of thumb that I saw in a video a while back, but it was like when you're when you're testing out to try and get bit, like take five casts doing one cadence and five casts doing another cadence. Like especially if you're uh, fishing a specific area. And that can kind of give you a good lay of, you know, what might work, might not. And if you try different cadences, then you maybe try a different bait. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a huge, cause a lot of times when you're in that situation, like, you know, throwing that lipless and stuff like that, when in a cadence deal, you're most of the time going to be fishing around people because you're going to be on an obvious place. You know, a lot of the time, like a high place or, you know, a ditch or something. So, and you know, every jobble out there is going to be throwing it and just, you know, 90% winding it back. So just like you said, trying something a little bit different and, and it may be stupid in your mind. And then all of a sudden you try it, you know, and you may, I've noticed I've, I've come upon stuff and not even realized like it was a thing. Like you'd be really into whatever your lipless or your vibrating jig and you need to do something to your graph. So you just stop really and reach down there and, you know, do something and feel your line jump. Like they hit it on the fall. Like you would never do that. Like just reeling it and stopping it. But like, and you figure that out and you're like, Oh, this is pretty easy. And then, you know, you do it for a little while and you ain't had another, like you just keep reeling. I, I'm just stupid. I throw it out there and keep reeling again and I do something else and it falls again and he bites it. And the second time I'm like, Hey idiot, like what you throw out there and just stop it every now and then. Like, like light bulb, duh. Here's your sign. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Oh, that's good. Well, for, uh, for people that are listening to this after the fact uh, on MP3, we did have these baits up uh, on the screen that are from Omnia Fishing. Uh, if you guys are looking to get them, we'll link them down in the description. You guys can get them uh, cheaper with our discount code to Omnia. Down below, you guys can check it out. But um, with, with this one, one of my last questions on this, and we're going to start wrapping this show up here, is 
you know, this time of year we talk about it's a great time of year to catch big ones and it's a great time to pattern big ones. But you find yourself, say you find yourself in a rut only catching smaller fish when you know the, ca- the lake is far capable of better. Do you make any sort of adjustment to try to catch bigger fish, target larger caliber fish? Yeah, I would probably be an area situation more than a bait. Because if you figure out a bait they're biting, you know, pre-spawn, whether it be a color, a action of a, you know, a crankbait, um, you know, whether they want a, you know, a real hard knock and want something like that, I feel like you're going to be in a situation where you may be fishing a little too shallow. And you may be catching buck bass, um, which, which the the biggest thing being able to figure that out is like knowing what fish you're catching. Um, a lot of times your buck bass you know, in on a largemouth situation, just going to be, it may be a really fat fish, really healthy, but it's not going to have that big gut. Like that you're, and you may catch the, like a three pounder and be like, man, this could be a male, but it's so fat. It's just full from eating. Well, 90% of the time, if they've got that ball, like right there by their stomach, you know, it's most of the time a female, just, just because, I mean, that's where all their, you know, stuff's happening, their reproductive stuff's going on. And they're eating a lot more than most of the time, a, you know, a buck bass will. And their, their bone structure is just a lot different. Um, so kind of figuring out what fish you're catching. If you're catching pound and a half that are just real thick, just, you know, kind of slender fish, you know, just kind of straight across, that's going to be your marrow bass that are going to be up there first. So you're catching those. Might want to back out, you know, maybe fish a little bit deeper, fish closer to the main body of water, whether it be the main lake or a main river situation. And, again, when you do that, you may not get as many bites. But when you take a bite, it's more than likely going to be a bigger fish. So you kind of have to, if you're just going out there to catch fish, which I know people watch this that are tournament anglers and, you know, just people that fish. If you want to catch fish, there's nothing wrong with catching those smaller ones up shallow. But if you're in a tournament situation, if you are doing that, and let's just say you've not got a warming trend, you don't think they're probably coming to you, I would probably, you know, try and change areas back up a little bit. Try and change, you know, you could change the presentation a little bit, um, but kind of try and do that same thing just closer to deeper water. Makes sense. Andy, you got anything left for Wes on that? Well, I'm actually, in the moment, I'm scrolling back to see if I can find a question for the serious angler hat. But I have a funny one here from uh, Levi Schneider uh, asking Wes, uh, how confident are you in catch smallmouth this year? <laughs> I'm going, li- I'm going to catch I'm them. I'm hoping a little bit more, Wes. Yeah. A I, I'm a, more. I'm a, I was a lot confident last year, uh, and I just had some, uh, you know, had some stuff happen that just, you know, was out of my control. Um, but I, I actually gained a lot. I, I didn't really do great in the tournament. Um, I think I finished in the 50s at St. Lawrence. But what I found made me a lot more confident in myself because – I told myself I was going to go out there and find it, and I found it. It just stuff didn't happen the way it was supposed to. But just in my mind, knowing what I was looking for or thinking I was looking for, found it, made them bite, like found them in practice and, you know, caught them, kind of left them the first day of the tournament, and then shit went downhill after that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> you watched the tournament and get one. Yeah, 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 big time. But <laughs> just, just doing that, because I never really figured out I, – you can always go catch some, like – and I'm not saying they're easy to catch, but smallmouth aren't the hardest bass to catch, especially you like find them. Yeah. yeah, like St. Lawrence River and Ontario, dude, they're everywhere. Like, you know, two pounders. I mean, they're not everywhere, but you go throw around enough, you're going to catch some, you know, 14, 15 pounds. And just to find that group of fish, like, it, it just helped, did so much for my confidence. So it's a, uh, 
Jonathan Kelly says uh, yeah, he gave I you a quick that. lesson this fall. He did. He did. We caught some. Uh, he's 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 a lot better with the the forward facing stuff than I am. And he we were over at Lanier and we went out one morning and finally finally found him and we we put a hurting on him pretty good. But he he taught me a few things, you know, just how to make him react and stuff like that. And Heck I mean, if, when when you're good at that, like I'm not trying to get off the small mouth deal, but when you know how to catch them on live is a thousand times different than knowing how to see them. Like right. anybody can go out there. Well, there's some dots out there. Yeah, you make them bite. Go ahead. <laughs> Good luck. I'll come back in two hours and you caught, you've chased them half a mile across the lake. You did. Yeah, yeah. It's, That's a great point. It's an art for sure. But yeah, I, I'm and Andy. Obviously, you know, I really appreciate him. You know, yeah, Guru. I don't know that much, but yeah. I, it was a fun couple of days. Yeah, you it's only fun. make your living on knowing smallmouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. I, I got on a really fun deal this fall. It was a forward facing deal when I was out there, like fun fishing. Me and Bailey kind of did it too when we went out in October. I was literally chasing solo fish around with live scope and trying to get them to bite. And I was like, okay, I got this dialed. Down. Mega live. It was fun. Yeah, mega live. Sorry. Forward Come on. Facing. Yeah. Mega live. <laughs> now I got that new shiny fast boat. So it's fun. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, we had I, 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 I would be, if I came back, I would be more obliged to go in the river and throw a that bite is so much fun isn't oh it? god that was that was yeah y'all can <laughs> have that deep stuff that was blast. i'll tell you what i found um i was practicing for the canadian tire the big canadian term i fish i found some more fun stuff to fish in the river that's in like two feet of water yeah that's see that's mine that's where i'm at that, yeah, yeah y'all can have the oh there's a boulder pile out here well y'all can have them down boulders all them boulders that are in like two foot <laughs> like yeah. a submarine comes out and eats my freaking top water. Like that's well, that that smallmouth bite on that top water was insane. It was so dumb. Oh, it was like, like six inches of water. Yeah. In a spot that I was I think I said I was like, I don't think I've ever caught a bass that shallow and also just <laughs> I was yeah. like, all right. <laughs> it didn't miss it either. Like it no. just mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you come back up here. I don't have much work travel this year, so I'll bring the beer. You guys can. I'll sit back and watch the madness ensue. Yeah. Have some fun. I, I'll probably go back out there. Probably it was probably that's a, that's a really good area of the. I've it's never been to the other side of the lake, but that there's a lot of fish on that side. You saw the good side. Don't go to the bad side. I've I've heard the bad side's not very good. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wes, you always got a spot, so you're good. So, I appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate it. Was a it was a good time for sure. Anybody's coming to Buffalo, call Andy because he can guarantee to put you on them. If he can let, if he can make me catch one, I promise you he'll let you catch one. I, I think in like two days, I literally gave you like the full circus runaround of what you can do on Lake Erie in the Niagara yeah. River. That was fun. Yeah, the Niagara River is freaking. We caught what jerking topwater, spy bait, deep, shallow. Like I think we caught them on everything: single swim bait, everything. Literally everything. Spy was bite was fun. That's yeah. a that's a fun bite for mm-hmm. sure. Well, Andy, while you decide who's going to win the Sears Angler Hat of the night, I do have a fun little throwback I found in uh, getting an episode up today of, of oh, West. No. Throwing it back uh, ten years. Ten, ten years. Ten oh, years. Jeez, I see it. Of me. <laughs> of you. <laughs> It's, oh, old, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just you look like a completely different person. Is it a video or a picture? No, no. It's oh, an it's article I found actually at Major wow. League Fishing. Well, then at the time, FLW. FLW. 
But it was back when you uh oh, God. On Neil <laughs> <Henry>. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I saw that and I'm like, I gotta bring this up on the show. I'm like, dude, you look so young. How old were you in 2013? Uh, 17. No, I just turned 18. Damn. That was actually the that was the second one I had won in a row. I, I won the first one I was 17 at Neely, and then they came back the next year and I won that one. Uh the bad thing about it was or it wasn't bad for me, but the first one I won, I had like 15-something, and I only won by like two ounces. And then that one comes around. Everybody's like, you're going to win again? I'm like, dude, I really ain't on nothing. Like, I literally, I'm just going fishing. I won by like five and a half pounds. Like, second place was like 13-something. I was like, oh, God, this ain't going to be good. Like You're going to get followed the next time. <laughs> yeah. The third, I, they had one, not the next year, but the next. I think I finished third, second or third in it, and I, I had a lot of help in that one. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Second place was literally about four, almost. Or was it four? Or was it four? It may have been four pounds. I mean, that's yeah, still four, four pounds. Yeah. I mean, that's still a lot. That's a big win. I remember, <laughs> dude. I won't never forget that tournament. Like not the like. I remember catching some of the fish, but I was trying to take out, and somebody had a wreck on the boat ramp. Like they ran into each other, so nobody could take out. And I'm like the only boat sitting out there waiting. And I'm on the phone with my dad and everybody. I'm and a lot of my buddies. I'm like, what's leading the tournament? Like. It, did they catch them? They're like, oh, man, like 14s first. I'm like, well, somebody come down here and get these bass and go weigh them in so I can get my money because I got like 19. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I remember I was kind of freaking I was trying to keep them alive because it was like 100 degrees that day. Uh, or it wasn't as hot the second one. The first one when I won, they made us quit at 1 o'clock because it was going to get up to like 105 that day. And I was so mad because they were biting good from like one to three when it was the hottest part of the day they were biting like amazing and they made it i was like i can't irritated ever recall a tournament ending because of heat oh yeah oh yeah we fished from whatever blast off was seven to one i was huh. hmm. does that still happen like do tournaments close that I, it's never happened to me again i mean hmm. i mean we're talking about the heat index had to have been like 120. Dude, it was awful. I mean, it was unreal hot. But they they were like that deep. Like it was. They would get in that grass. Like I guess that was the best oxygen in the lake. Like the hotter it got, the shallower they got. Yeah, because your thermocline keeps creeping up if the lake is deep enough, so it's pushing those fish shallow. Because yeah, because yeah. the grass is sucking all the oxygen out of the lake. Yeah, so that makes. Yeah, that well, grass they. They sure enough get in it when it's hot. Mm-hmm. Andy, have you figured out who won the serious angler hat? Yeah, I'm torn between the lipless crankbait because I think it was cool that we asked about Braid or Levi and asking um, Wes here if he's confident in smallmouth fishing because that went on a pretty good tangent. So, um, why don't we do this? Yeah, shoot. One of them you pick, and the other one I'll send the art hat to. Mm. Do you want to think about that while I ask Wes one more question here? Yeah, go ahead. All right. You think they're both that. very good questions. Let's just go give on. everybody something. Why not? Yeah, fair enough. Everybody gets something. <laughs> <laughs> it's America. Everybody, everybody gets something. <laughs> oh, we're going deep now. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Wes, I want to hear uh, total weight and angler who you think will win the Bassmaster Classic. Hundred percent guaranteed ain't gonna be me. Fact. Um, I was trying to avoid that for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, trust me. I think about it every time when I lay in bed. Um. Hmm. 
I got a sleeper for y'all that I think is going to do really well. All right. Brandon Cobb. Oh, okay. Explain. I just, I got a sneaky feeling. I got a sneaky feeling. The only reason I think that is in our elite there, he didn't like, like his name never got brought up, but dude, he caught like, he said it. I don't know that he figured it out until the second day. He made, he got to fish all three days. He may have fished four, may not have. I know he fished three, but like he caught like the second and third day, like two or three, like I think maybe three bass that weighed 12 or 13 something. And then he did it again. Like he had four that weighed 14 something. Like he was catching like big, big ones. And I think he might've figured out a little deal that nobody knew about. And he just didn't get to expand on it enough to have enough areas. Um, but he, he might be something, you know, a guy to, you know, keep out. And he's a, you know, an amazing fisherman anyway. Um, but I don't know. I just, I've had a funny feeling that he might do really well in it. And a winning weight, uh, it's a three day deal. 45. 45. Yeah. So like a 12, a 20 and like a 17 or something like that. Yeah. Even though that matters. Yeah, it'd be average out to 15. Yeah. <laughs> that was like 51 pounds or something, 59 pounds. So. It, it might surprise. I, I don't know. What did uh, – <laughs> Did anybody know what Ott won with? Uh, uh, now off the top of my head. I, I, I think it was close to 50 because I know he had one big day, which was over 20. Then yeah. I think he had like a 17 and a 14. I thought it was like mid-40s. I'll look it up here. Hold on. So. It, w- it wouldn't surprise me if it took – 42 it wouldn't surprise me if it took 52 because i mean there's some big ones that live in there it's not a great fishery but it it's gonna fish really well that time of year i can tell you that i mean it's yeah. they're hitting it at the best you probably can hit it especially if the big smallmouth show up yeah that's I right play. yeah he had 18 14 on the last day i'm trying it won't tell me the damn total weight yeah i know, well, I know one he day had, he, had he, had 20. 20. he had 20 the first day yeah but, but I, I think, think but at the second day I think he had like 12 or 13 yeah. and yeah. barely climbed. I don't even know if he may have had that much. Like 49-3. 49-3. Yeah. I knew – because, I mean, it's 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 going to be – and, dude, he's the best. He'll be the best on the lake. Like, I mean, it's his home. Like, like, he knows – for him to have caught that, and, I mean, he didn't even really – I mean, everybody knows the, the story of him going to the marina, walking to the port john and runs into a guy and tells him that they're on – like. I mean, would he have caught him maybe the third day? But he wouldn't have caught him where he caught him the third day. So, I mean, well, and, I, and that's just – it meant to be. Like, obviously, he was meant to win the tournament. But it may not even took that weight, you know, if he don't run into that guy or whatever. So, so right. I, I think, a you know, a mid-40s is a good good pick for sure. We got you. Okay. Well, Andy, have you have, so, your, do you have your winner? All right. So, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with – Mr. Dustin Hobbs, and he's going to get the serious angler hat. So if you want to do the Levi with the Yark hat, that is completely your choice, Wes. That's that's good with me. Yeah, I want to I want to get the man hat. I got a hat that I can that I can spare. I just need them to get in touch with me because I don't know who's who. All right, Dustin. Dustin, reach out to us, and we'll get your address and get you that uh, serious angler hat sent your way when we have them come out. Again, they're still being printed as we speak. So once they're out, we'll ship it your way. And then Levi, get in touch with us and uh, get get us your address. We'll get that over to Wes, and he'll uh, hook you up with an Arcat. For oh, sure. yeah. I have a question. Okay. What? How, how are y'all feeling about the – Bailey, I know you're a, a, an Eagles fan. Uh-huh. Uh, Andy, how do you feel about the way y'all season ended? 
Oh, uh, so I talk about this quite a bit. Like, <laughs> so the Bills, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't let I don't let sports control my mood and Boom. like getting upset with them and stuff. So mm. like, I understand that a lot of people let that affect their mood, and you see people punching TVs and throwing stuff. The mm. way I look at it is, these guys are paid millions of dollars to entertain us. I can't be upset with something I can't control. Do I wish that they could have went further? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the season they had was just wild. Yeah. Couldn't play a home game, went to Detroit. They traveled arguably the most miles out of any team. They had a serious heart condition guy who's alive today, thankfully. They were just yeah. – I don't think they were – they were done. They were mentally exhausted. Like yeah. the week leading up to the Bengals game, they were moving their practice schedule around because guys were just burned out. Yeah. So yeah. whatever. Which is, which is, I mean, everybody's human. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. It it's going to happen. It is yeah. what it is. And it's going to be interesting next year because now we travel the most miles again out of any team and literally our away schedule is every team that was in the playoffs. So like it's going to be wild. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I might actually argue that the Eagles schedule next year is harder than the Bills. We have to play the Bengals, the Eagles, Chiefs, and somebody else that's really good. I think the Chargers on the road and maybe the Jacksonville and Denver. The the Eagles schedule next year, 13 of their 17 games are playoff teams. That's a hard The Bills are literally the same. Like, (laughs) I don't know. But the, so the, but the Bills are in the AFC. Yeah, AFC. I'm not. I'm not a big NFL guy. Don't 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 crucify me. Bill, uh, Eagles are NFC. I do know that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yeah. So we could actually have a a Bills Eagles Super Bowl at some point. That's but, what people were predicting. That's what they're didn't, yeah. didn't happen. Didn't happen. Hammer. No. No. One, one, one end held up the deal. The other end didn't. That's right. <laughs> now it's up to uh, Jalen Hurts versus Patty Mahomes, which I uh-huh. hope. Uh, I know the Chiefs are banged up, and me, like, I was really looking forward to the San Fran game versus the Eagles because both teams were 100%, and it was going to be a slugfest. And, and then, then Purdy every single play, uh, top 49ers player just got hurt every yeah. single – and it's like it just turned into, like, they had no quarterbacks left. No, like, I, wa- I watch – I'm a I like, man, I like Jalen. Um, but, no, that dude – what was it? What's his – Purdy? Brock Purdy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Torres UCL. Torres used dude. That's oh, oh god. That's Tommy yeah. John. He said yeah. he was throwing the football, but he couldn't feel the football. Couldn't feel it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like kind of wild stuff. They come on the the like the announcers were showing a replay of his lips, and they were saying, oh, "Yeah, he's saying he can't throw it." I said, "He didn't say he can't throw." He said, "I can't feel nothing." Mm-hmm. Like he literally, like, just... yeah, that's scary stuff. Honestly, that's a bad yeah. deal. What it was. I mean, when they said elbow, me and my dad was watching. I said, "Dude, there ain't nothing on your elbow, but Tom, like it's a Tommy John's deal. That's all it is, yeah. just like yeah. baseball. Just pop. It's brutal, brutal. But I know the Chiefs are banged up. So, like, I part of me is like, yay, because it might chance. be an easier Super Bowl. But yeah. part of me is also like, I want it to be like an even game because if the Eagles win, then the scapegoat's going to be like, oh well, everyone was hurt. Like, dude, I just like I want to see a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, kids decimated. Exactly. So either way, we'll see, but it should be fun. Um, one thing I want to do before we let you go here, Wes, is uh, we have fantasy fishing coming up for everybody that is tuning in. Make sure you guys join our fantasy fishing group. That's linked down in the description. If you play fantasy fishing, encourage you guys to join our group. Cause then you can win some prizes at the end. 
Um, but throughout the year, we are going to be having uh, live streams every Monday before an event. Uh, so the event starts on a Thursday. That Monday evening, we are going to have a live stream uh, where we break down our fantasy picks, our predictions. Um, obviously, we have Brendan from Do It Molds that's joining us. We have one more guest we haven't disclosed yet that's going to join us for those. Uh, but we told you guys a few episodes ago that we have a correspondent that is going to join us for about five minutes each episode. Give us a lay of the land inside scoop. Our inside scoop is this here, Mr. West Logan. Thank you, sir. Yes. So Wes will join us for about five minutes or so on uh, each fantasy fishing show. Kind of give us a little lay of the land, how it's looking. Get you a little bit of uh, insider information, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I'll on. give you a little bit of what I see going on and the guys I know that are probably going to catch them because most of the time we have a pretty good idea depending on what's going on on the lake. Mm-hmm. So be sure to tune into those again. There'll be giveaways just like last year and uh, it'll be pretty cool. And uh, obviously we'll make use of Wes's time because it is practice time. We hate the bug guys during practice week, but we'll tap into uh, talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even practice on Mondays. You probably skip a day. <laughs> yeah, I need like two extra days. Yeah. I need what they call that in uh, golf, like a handicap or something. Yeah. So yeah, I like need that. I need like to get ahead of everybody. I don't need to go back. <laughs> you're you're the week prior. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Every day. They light the door. Oh, that's good. Well, dude, seriously appreciate you taking time out of your night to join us as always. Uh it's fun getting you back on the show. And uh dude, we're looking forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be good. Um I kind of wish I could come up there and fish for y'all, but you know we got is the, is the ice still there? The lake is still open at this moment, but it is cold. Ah, yeah, they've still bought, they still got to eat. Oh, they were up until I know guys were still catching like 40 to 50 a day, like two weeks ago when the lake cleared up. Golly, and big ones, awesome. yeah. But the water now is like 33 degrees, it's just about done. Like, if yeah. you can get out there, you might get one or two, but yeah, yeah, it was good nice. through December when you could get out. She called nice, nice, yeah. Well, I am I am jealous of y'all being able to catch so many smallmouth, but I still don't like them. <laughs> I still don't like them. I'll learn. I mean, I I don't dislike them, but I don't. I'm just not in love with them. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'd rather go largemouth fishing. I'm a smallmouth guy, but just because I can catch them whenever I want. So. I was about to say it's it's not the same. You can say all you want. It's not the same. <laughs> well, buddy, we'll uh, we'll be in touch with you. Good luck in Florida. We'll be rooting you on, and uh, we're going to be at Classic and all that deal. So we'll see you real soon. Good deal. You can see me in the expo. I'll be there, guys. <laughs> you said it. I didn't say have to yeah. say anything. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, and yeah. I enjoyed it, fellas. Uh, can't wait to get on again. Heck yeah, buddy. We'll be see talking you to you soon. Y'all be good. Have a good night. See you, later. Always good hanging out, Mr. West yeah. Logan. Always good. Did uh, the fancy fishing deal? I'm excited for it. One, obviously, because we have the group that we have coming on, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to change up the scoring deal a little bit this year. We're going to have prizes to give away every show. Uh, and the fact that we have Wes coming on, that's going to give you guys an added information other than a couple bozos that are taking their best picks at who might catch them. Yeah. You know, somebody who might have some accurate information, you know. Hmm. Uh, but one thing we are going to do, and I will really appreciate if, if you guys have a free moment, let us know either in the comments on the live here or through email or uh, social media after the fact, if you're listening to this on MP3, is 
we are going to do some separate episodes, whether they're 20 minutes, 30 minutes long that we upload um, on MP3, but also on YouTube as well, as we dive into Major League Fishing's fantasy fishing. We're going to do that for the Bass Pro Tour this year. Um, in regards to just making episodes of who we might pick for the events, um, it's actually kind of wild. Like if, if you, you can pick five anglers in group A, five anglers in group B, and if they're all in the top 10, like if you pick the top 10 perfectly somehow, you can win a truck and boat, which is kind of wild, but there's a lot of prizes up for grabs in it. And more fantasy fishing is fun, especially when they can get gambling involved. Um, so we're going to do some picks on that. If you guys want to join, please let us know what you think. Um, if you're going to play this year, you know, what your feedback would be, just holler and, uh, we're, you should see that content coming up here soon because the season's starting in a couple weeks. Oh. We have our first show. Is it what next week? Next week? Oh. No. And okay. So first fantasy fishing show marks on your calendars, Monday, February 13th. We will have our kickoff show as well as our picks and such for the Kissimmee chain. So that, oh no, sorry, not, that's wrong. Okeechobee. I, ha, I see the BPTs on the Kissimmee chain. Well, regardless, we'll have a video coming out the week prior uh, to the 13th, probably on the 8th or the 9th of uh, Major League Fishing's Fantasy Fishing on the Kissimmee chain. But Monday Night Live Fantasy Fishing on Okeechobee uh, will be um, on the 13th. Well, we will still have Tuesday Night Lives. So we'll be happy. You'll have us on those weeks for two, two nights alive in the week, which we haven't done in a very, very long time. So yes, yeah, since last fantasy fishing season. Yeah, that's right. So we'll, uh, we'll see you guys there. Hopefully again, more prizes you guys can win when you join those. But uh, Andy, is there anything else that I am forgetting? Hmm. The apparel shop is still going strong. Um, I actually want to get a forever a student hoodie. I love that thing. It's so cool. I started hashtagging it like on all of my posts where I'm talking about losing fish all the time because mm-hmm. I'm a sad, sad soul about my steelhead season. Clients have been great for me personally. I suck at landing fish. So I've just been talking about being forever a student because we're always learning. That is probably my favorite slogan hoodie. Lots more apparel coming down the pipeline, too, which we're really excited about. Yeah, we may or may not have something launching here soon. I'm not going to give you a date because we don't have it firmly established, but it's within the next month or two. Um, But I can assure you, at the very latest, that March 1st, uh, all the Sears Angler and Visit from the Bass Boat hats are going to ship. And again, you can go to our website uh, and pre-order those. Uh, You can just pay for them. And then once they're available, we'll ship them to you right away. Um, as well as we have these hoodies, Forever a Student, which is a cool slogan that uh, we're subtly claiming for Serious Angler, but uh, we, we have some projects in the works to make that a bigger thing. It'll be kind of just something that we pride ourselves on this show since day one is always about learning. Uh, learning is a student, and so therefore, as anglers, we are forever students of the game. So if you want a Forever a Student hoodie, shirt, uh, if you want Serious Angler merch, Business from the Bass Boat merch, Lure Lab merch, it's all on that website. You guys can go check it out and get yourself some. Um, it's down in the descriptions, whether you're listening on YouTube or MP3. Um, and if again, if you guys need anything from us or apparel, you have any ideas or questions, reach out over social media, follow us on. We're basically on every single platform. Feel free to email us if you guys have show ideas, show guest ideas. We are all ears because we understand that this platform is more than just ours. It's yours because you get to come through, take some information and partake in these, especially these episodes that are live. Uh, we appreciate everybody that joins in and uh, 
you're on YouTube, please give us the like, subscribe to the channel, you know, share this with your friends. We're going to try to teach some more people about bass fishing. Uh, and if you are an MP3 and you haven't yet, and your your platform allows, please leave us a rating and review. It helps us get seen by more people, uh, and that allows us to teach more people about bass fishing. Andy, anything else I missed? <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. We need a shirt that says Captain Andrew, but I'm going to veto that one and say no. <laughs> <laughs> Captain? Captain. Dude, we need to get you to like full get up, pose like the Captain Morgan, like the commercial Captain Captain, yeah. and then make a shirt out of that. I got in the front of a bass boat with the foot on the trolling motor and the graphs. There we go. <laughs> Golden. Write it down. Write it down so you don't forget it. You write it down. You got the notepad. <laughs> All right. Fine. 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 Deal. That's funny. Thank you um, for that bass pack. If we do that, I hope you buy one in Rocket. <laughs> so you're saying the rod's coming soon? Though? Not that we know of. Down the pipe. Maybe. 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 Um, last question I'll answer, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Team Bass Pack asks, quick question, are you going to do more videos this year, Bailey, on your content? Yes, Be The Fish is going to continue. I dropped a video last week. Headed down to Fra uh, Florida on Friday. I'm going to fish Hartwell on Saturday. Fish a not well-known, apparently really good lake on Florida on Sunday uh, and spend the whole month in Florida, actually, of February in Florida uh, working, but obviously fishing salt, fishing fresh. So a bunch of new videos coming to uh, the Be The Fish channel, which is linked below if you guys want easy access to that. But uh, enough about me. Looking forward to seeing everybody on Friday's episode. It's going to be just Andy and I discussing a topic in fishing that uh, we're trying. If we can get enough information that we need to do it in time, we'll have it on a specific topic. But uh, we don't want to spoil that episode just yet. So if it doesn't, uh, it's just going to be Andy and I chatting through something in fishing. And as always, we hope to see you all there. But appreciate you guys. See you on the next one. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Searsanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all. And we'll see y'all on the next one.